0: Please listen carefully. Hi, I'm Paul Frields. And I'm Dave Guzman. Welcome to Practical Bass, where each week we pick a topic of interest to you, the working bass player, and we dissect it and look at it from a couple different angles uh, with our point of view and, and our experiences, and you know, we like to turn... That conversation over to you, the listener, as well. And we really invite you to come back at us with some feedback and you know your own ideas about these topics. And there are a couple ways you can do that. One of them is to reach out to our Facebook page on Facebook.com slash practical base. Uh, we have a group that is linked to our page and you're welcome to interact with other listeners there. If you'd like to send us a message uh privately you are welcome to do that as well you can email us at podcast at practicalbase.com and that of course is anchored at our website which you can visit anytime on the web at practicalbase.com and you'll find all sorts of uh, helpful information there our archives of past episodes and a contact form where you can reach out to us there are also links there that will tell you how to subscribe and we invite you to do that um so today we have uh, an idea, I think, Dave, that you had come up with a while ago that we wanted to mm-hmm. talk about. I, I really like this idea, which is, you know, what to do when you get lost in the mix on stage. What what right. does that mean to you? Like, how do you define being lost?
1: Yeah, I think you know. And, and just to clarify, we we def, we're talking about you know on in a stage setting. So in, in within you know in live music, and to me, I think you know it, it's one of those things where I feel like uh, to best describe it kind of like waking up for that midnight snack walking downstairs and then like the light switch doesn't work or you forget <laughs> to turn on the light switch maybe you're tired or whatever and you're kind of like you're going at an art that you know you like you can make a pb and j sandwich right yeah yeah like you've been doing it your whole life that's all that you want you know exactly what what you want out of it but the, there's like something in the way and you know maybe you're getting like a little bit of light that's coming in from a window from the street so you get somewhat of an image of what you of what you want but just not enough like you can't totally see what you're doing and the PB&J sandwich gets ruined yeah right yeah. like so it's just like a lack of like kind of knowing where you're at a lack of knowing what the outcome is going to be
0: yeah yeah like you have the ingredients are all there they're there right in your in your analogy i'm just right. using your analogy like yes. you've got all the pieces there and but they're just not put together in a way that works for whatever reason.
1: Yeah. And it's, it, and it can be painful because you know everything is there and you're just missing that, that step. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, so
0: if we want to pull that analogy into uh, musical terms or sound terms,
1: actual words, right? Well, no, no, I think it's, (laughs) I think it's a great,
0: no, I think it's a great idea and it's a great image, right. Where you've got, all the the tools there, but they're just, like, they're not coming together right? the way that you want. Um, so, you know, for example, you know, you've got a really nice amp on stage. You know, the, the PA system is really nice. Yeah. You've got great musicians that you're playing with. But for some reason, your sound is just not, it's not coming through the way that you want it to. Right. Um, you know, and I guess maybe one way of looking at it is like the mix of volume Mm -hmm. and tone and how things are sitting together is just not quite right. Like it's not jibing
1: right somehow. Right. Yeah. Like something is going, going off in a way that either you can't hear yourself right or what you're hearing is just, you know, completely getting just plowed under.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, you can have either of those things by themselves, like your, your sound, like your tone might be great, like you may have a great tone, but you know, somehow the volume isn't fitting with, um, you know, the rest of the band or, you know, maybe your volume is great. Like you're, you can definitely hear, you know, you're hearing your instrument, like you're, you're right. getting some feedback from That's it, right. um, you know, like sonic feedback, but yeah. Right. But you're not you're not hearing the parts of your instrument that let you kind of judge your you know your playing your intonation or whatever, yeah against the rest of the band, and so it affects how you're playing actually like you start playing differently
1: yeah and and it's and it's a distraction and for me, like the funny thing is because I feel like this happens more often in larger gigs. Yeah, In places where you have less control, you know, there's usually more people, <laughs> They're like the bigger crowds and, you know, and it's not pointing blame at who's doing it or whatever, but it's just like the way things are laying out. Yeah, and There's a lot of pressure to try to figure out like, you know, what, what actually is going on and how to fix it right. in that moment.
0: Right. And you're trying to do
1: it without
0: putting across to the audience that, you know, something's very wrong or that you're unhappy right. because you don't want to, you know, as a professional, you don't want to put the image out there that, you know, you've showed up and somehow things are, right, you know, a wreck on stage. That's like, right. People out in the audience don't, like they, they don't really have a great appreciation for that. Maybe other musicians do, right? Like they'll, mm-hmm. they sometimes know, like they can kind of detect what's going on, but... Right. That's usually not the majority of your crowd, right? Most of the people there are are clueless about, you know, what's going on stage and all they right. can kind of detect is, oh, you know, I don't know, it just didn't seem like the band was together tonight or whatever. And right because you're struggling, you know, with yeah. with this this idea of like being at the right place in the mix and yeah, know, feeling yourself a bit. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So what are what are some of
1: the what are some of the strategies that we can use to overcome that? I mean I think one of you know one of the quick go tos which may maybe it's not the the best, but one is to you know crank it right like just get the volume out if it's if it's a volume issue and, right and then you know that can be broken down to it into into a few things, but you know I think in general, just trying to figure out where does your volume sit at compared to everybody else on stage, yeah. And really like listening in and seeing where you, where are you sitting and also like determining, is this just monitor, you know, is this just like a monitor volume that you're dealing with or is it a, you know, your stage, like your audience volume? Right,
0: right. And then, you know, trying to discern between those is not always as easy, as easy as it seems because, you know, you kind of have to judge it from, you know, you're behind the PA usually and you know you're kind of judging from like what can you feel coming back from the back side of those speakers which right. usually is not a great indicator or yep. you know you're trying to judge from slap back from the the other side of the
1: room right
0: you know it, it 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 can get yeah it can get really hairy trying to do that and you know the 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 you know the danger being that um you know, if you, you crank it enough and, you know, you basically like enrage your bandmates or the sound guy or whatever. And right. You know, it just becomes a a war on stage.
1: It's a slippery slope and, and, and definitely want to be cautious, but you can gauge it, you know, you can maybe gauge it toward what, what you're, what you're getting from the kick drum, right. Which is kind of like your partner ish, you know, on stage, that's kind of like, you know, volume wise and that you're, you're playing in the same pool. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, Honestly, that as a as someone who does live sound sometimes for bands, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what I try and do as well with the kick and the bass is try and get them you know, really try and get them as closely aligned as possible in volume, like a pair of volume, because when you do that, they just seem as long as the players are, you know, have decent time, right, they seem really locked in. Like the rhythm section will sound really good. And I've I found that when I've done that for bands that I've seen them, you know, kind of do their own sound and maybe they don't have a good Mm-hmm. A good um, uh, feel for what that should be. Yeah, you know, people will come hear them and they'll be like, "Oh my gosh, it sounded amazing!" And the only reason is that like the sound levels were aligned. Yeah, in a way that makes things work, you know, pretty decently.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think of situations where sometimes I might we'll just have like a, um, you know, really just miking up the kick drum. Yeah, and getting that up there, and it changes it changes everything about how I'm locking in it does make a difference. Yeah, for sure.
0: And, you know, so there are other things we can do too, right? Like one of them is adjust, you know, adjust where your amp is angled. Yep. Right. Um, I know that there are, are folks out there like, you know, they'll sit their amp down and basically, you know, face it front forward because, sure. you know, you're up against, you sit your amp in the back of the stage and, you know, you just yeah. put it there you know, basically against the wall and it's kind of aligned with the back wall, right? That's not that's not a terrible way for your amp to be or anything like that, nothing like it. But what I find is I like to judge where I'm going to be standing for most of the show yep. and have it pointed in a way that makes sense. If I'm on a really right. big stage, right, and there's a big set of monitors and I know I can get like a huge amount of bass back to me from the the either side fills or the front wedges or whatever, I might actually face, you know, I might not face the amp directly toward me because then I can turn it up and it won't be like overpowering me. Right. You know, but it'll be at a point where the sound guy's happy with, you know, the way he's miking it. Yeah. On the other hand, if I'm on, you know, most medium or smaller stages, i make a point to face the amp you know, so that it's really directly pointing at me. Yeah. And that way I'm getting all of that sound. Right. Especially because in the smaller places, the audience is going to hear more of the stage mix than they would otherwise. That's right. Right? Yeah. Anyway, that's, I mean, that's one of the things that that I would look at is where you're directing your amp. And, you know, bass is kind of, Low bass is not really very directional. So that's not really what you're worried about, but the definition of your notes, like anything above like, I don't know, once you start getting like above 150 hertz or so. Right. Which is a lot of your notes. I mean, yep. you know, maybe not your lowest notes, but a lot, you know, a lot of your notes are kind of their fundamental is above that. Right. That is where things start becoming more directional. And
1: if exactly, you're,
0: you know, if it's not pointing at you, you may not be hearing it. Someone else might though, Yeah. Right? They may That's think you right. are plenty loud and, you know, but you're not hearing yourself because you're standing off to the side of your amps, you know, horizontal right. projection.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had, you know, I, I, I ran into an issue once or twice where I was completely getting lost in the mix in a small venue and just killing myself. Like I didn't know what was going on and I just needed to like, it might be just needed. to, The amp just needed to be angled, yeah, angled up. Like it just needed to get off the ground, right? Yeah. Like just needed to move so I can get the those mids. See, that's and that's a whole other. Like that's the other thing, right?
0: Horizontal is one thing, but then there's also vertical, right? Right. There's two ways that you can get that vertical angle. One of them is, you know, if you have the kind of amp that'll lean back, yeah, then you want to make sure that you know it it can kind of point up at your. At your head at the back of your head. Right. Right. Or you know, whatever portion of your head you happen to be facing in your stage position. Sometimes sure. you're like kind of sideways with the right. drummer because right, of the right. way the stage works or whatever. But yeah, having it, uh, you know, having it vertically hit you where you want yep. is important. The other thing you can do, of course, is lift, you know, get the whole lamp elevated on something. Right. Like if it's a smaller one, maybe it's on a, yeah, and you're in a pub or something like that, you put it up on a stool. If yep. it's, you know maybe you bring along a milk crate a milk or two crate, yeah. yeah the famous milk crates right? right and then you you know elevate it that way so that you get you know some of it you know, that 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 information the higher end information is not just like flying out across your knees right. off right. the stage yeah. you're actually getting some to your body and your head so that you can hear what you're doing
1: that's right yeah
0: so yeah so angles are definitely important like that that kind of line of sight between your your speakers and your and your head, your ears. But what about tonal changes? That's something that you can do too, right? Right. Like, you know, for example, like, you know, maybe you're if you're sounding wimpy, for example, right? Right.
1: Then you know what yeah, would you, be your go-to? Yeah, you could just like bring in the bottom. You know? Yeah. Just lay lay it down. The booty, dick. Bring yeah. the booty yeah it's actually i think like that's probably my my guilty go-to just like i know i know what will get me through this like lows. no not the it should be the mids like if i was <laughs> if i was good if i was a good basis i'd be like no i need the mids like no just like let's let's power this one out give me some lows here i am give me
0: more lows boom
1: <laughs> there it is like a cannon the the glasses on the table start shaking
0: I'll tell you, I did play a gig not too long ago um, with a guy at a DC. I just subbed in for a night um, because they happened to come through town. Yeah. And and it was great. I had so much fun on that gig. Made some good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never met these guys before. And now we're like, you know, we're friended up on Facebook. and right. you We know, talk every once in a while and stuff. They were great. The drummer played a set of like replica John Bonham Vista Lights. Right. And that, they have, I think, like a 26-inch kick or something like Ooh. that. And it was like a cannon. I mean, yeah. it, when he put his foot <laughs> down on that, it was like a cannon hit you in the back. It was amazing. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I'm glad I had my earplugs with me that night because right. I would not have survived. Like, I don't think I'd be hearing this podcast right yeah. now. You could be yelling at me across <laughs> the studio, and I just, like, I wouldn't hear you. But anyway, the point being that, um, you know, that... that drum was all, like it was all boom. It was like the 60 hertz, you know, or maybe even a little lower, but it was just this huge boom. I mean, it sounded amazing, right? No complaints for me. It sounded great. So, but for me to be heard, like turning up my lows, which I think on my amp are, I think they're centered at 40 or 50 hertz. If I turn that up, it just would have gotten lost right there. Like I would have had to turn it up so much that the sound guy wouldn't have been able to turn me up in the PA because the lows would have been just like so overpowering. Yeah. So instead what I did is I kind of reached for like my, my low mids and the high mids. I kind of, that's what I used basically is I brought those up a little bit so that I could get, you know, out of the space of the, the kick drum right
1: right and mm-hmm. sort of
0: be feeling like be able to hear the distinction of the note as opposed to just like the thump of the bass
1: right right but yeah
0: that doesn't always work right because the the whole point is you have to kind of judge based on who has like who's holding who's holding the talking stick that's you right know, for, the, <laughs> for the low information right the yeah. low end information who's Who is the person who's holding that? And in the case of this band, it was definitely that kick drum. Yeah. You know, he had it, he had it sewed up. That was it. Like, I had no, I had no chance against that. Um, In some bands, you may end up with a keyboard player who's got like, he's got certain patches or whatever, and he's got a heavy left hand or some combination. And, you know, suddenly your the thump of your bass just becomes like, it becomes mud, like it becomes overpowering
1: exactly yeah and you, and you have to take into take into account like where where you're playing in the environment i mean yeah. you could be in a band that doesn't have a lot of that doesn't have anyone else that would take the lows and you've got the lows boosted up already and it's getting lost and you're yeah. like why like yeah and 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 you can try to like obsessively crank that and it's not doing anything it's getting worse and that's just like your room yeah. right yeah and in those cases like just you know, for me, like, I'm just not afraid of it anymore. I'm like, all right, let me drop the lows a little bit. Let me get yeah. more in that mid range, my low mids, maybe even more my high mids. Yeah. So that my bass is actually talking and communicating through the right. mix. Right. Right. So now I'm like in that other, yeah. in that other range. And yeah, it sounds different than when I normally gig, like than when I normally play. And that's okay. Like what's important is that like you're bass is getting out there that it, yeah. it is in the mix
0: yeah that you're communicating that your notes out to the to the audience and, right you know like you said it is really the environment like sometimes the stage will play a part in that too like yeah you're in a big hollow stage or something like that and suddenly those lows are just i mean a little bit suddenly becomes a lot more than you thought right right and so you have yeah. to be careful of like you know that becoming like this boomy echo that just overpowers the rest of the band yeah exactly you know because that's not the point i mean we we don't want to get lost but we don't we don't want to drown everything out either
1: right and and uh, and on the flip side you have to be willing to communicate with people that are on stage that maybe are drowning you out yeah this
0: is a really good point you know it's maybe not all maybe, about you maybe yeah. you've
1: got you know maybe you've got that the the 26 inch kick that's also being mic'd up and coming through the monitors Right. Like, yeah. Maybe there's an extreme situation like that. And, yeah. or, or whatever, whatever that mix is, maybe yeah. you're fighting something that doesn't, that, that doesn't need to actually exist. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly.
0: You're having a, yeah, you're, ba- you're having a battle that you didn't need to have. Right. And, you know, sometimes, you know, obviously, yeah, you know, there's only so much that, for example, like a drummer playing a 26 inch kick is going to be able to do for you. But, you know, maybe right. there are other people on stage who can, you know, change what they're doing. Maybe they can turn it down. Maybe you can get the, like, for example, you got the keyboard guy. Maybe yeah. it's possible for the sound guy to help a little bit by, you know, taking some of the low end information out of the keys. Right. So that you aren't fighting. I, a lot of sound guys, I think, will do that, you know, just by, you know, they'll, they'll know to do that by feel because right. they know how, you know, how instruments can collide. Right. right? Yeah. But, but, you know, but not always. And if you're not getting what you need for whatever reason, say yeah. you're, in your monitor or whatever, those are, you know, that, those are things that you can address, you know, hopefully in a, you know, in a nice way or whatever. Cause eventually, you know, it does come down to, you know, you're having a partnership with the other people on stage and right. You know, you all want to work together to make the show the best that it can be. Um, You know, maybe there are other yeah. people who are on stage and they're having problems, right? Right. They're, they were afraid to say it because, you know, no one wants to create a, yeah you know, no one wants to create a, a problem, but you know then it's all in the way that you bring it up. you know what you you know you don't want to like yell at somebody on stage. You get done with a song and then the first thing you do is yell at somebody to turn themselves down. like it's like you know you stuck a dagger in the heart of the vibe
1: on I'm, stage. I'm pretty sure we talked about this in in another episode. In I the think past. so too. Yeah, like there's like it's a stage, stage behavior. Yeah. yeah. There's a stage behavior episode we did not too long ago. Yeah, and recently we talked a it, lot about it. It actually popped up and I I referred to that episode to a friend and it was you know, it was just like a, a, another situation we were dealing yeah. with or whatever and and my comment was like on stage like it's just never it's just not the place to give feedback. And th- and that's why a lot of this could be mitigated with you know, a good sound check, but we're here in a situation, whatever this situation is, it's because you're thrown in, you're already in yeah, and you're, and you're lost and you've got to figure out how to, how to work through that. And sometimes it's okay to like, you know, after a song just to like reach out to like your, you know, your bandmates say, Hey, do you think maybe, you know, I'm getting lost here. Something's going on with me, you know? Right. Here's, here's what I'm,
0: here's what I'm hearing over, over here. Um, you know, what, what do you guys think? Are you having any problems? You know, may, can we, what, how can we solve that? Right. If it becomes yeah. about, if it becomes about the sound and not somebody's playing or somebody's behavior, like you're too loud. Like that's so personal as right. opposed to, Hey, I'm, I'm actually feeling like I, I really can't hear my instrument here. Can we, is there anything that we can do to clear out a little, you know, a little space in the low end or something? Yeah. And, you know, and get people to participate in, in solving the problem, that can really help.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: You know, ultimately, um, another thing, I guess, is you know, the sound guy. Right. If it's a gig where you've got a sound guy that's not like, you know, in the band. Yep. You know, somebody in the band, you know, he's, he's kind of, he or she is like your go-to. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, have you been in a situation like that where you like, you know, you had the, yeah. sound, the sound person basically like, solve your problem.
1: Yeah. And, and that is another piece of the communication. It really just comes down to to trusting yeah. that sound person. Like th- there, there is a line at, at a certain point that like, if there is a sound person, like you just have to trust really what's going out first off. Like you, you're not going to fix that. Cause that's not your job at that point. You have a sound guy that's, you know, he's feeding that, but but you can work through, maybe it's your monitor situation, which maybe that's what you're in control of. Like, if your own amp is your monitor, then work on that. Maybe you're not coming through like the wedge and you need that. Maybe yeah. I was just at a show where uh, sound was great. Like, the sound guys were awesome. But it just like halfway through the second song, it got like I got completely lost. The guitar is lost. Yeah. It just like went upside down. I don't know what changed. And then we realized, like, oh, my like i had the you know the the 810 cabinet behind me right nice just kicking it yeah right in front of me there was there was a lot of bass coming through the monitor yeah and then the guitars is just like he was playing more you know kind of on his low end my mid range yeah and it was just all eating each other up right on stage it was like right. a battle right of that eating each other and, yeah and getting weird vibrations and yeah, and then I just, like, asked the sound guy, I was like, hey, can you just, like, cut me out of the monitor? Because I had eight tens behind me. Yeah, you got, like, you know... I'm plenty big, good. Big behemoth yeah. behind you. I don't <laughs> need, like, both of them, like, both of my bass, like, fighting me from both ends and yeah. tackling everything in between. Yeah. Just communication.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, in, especially, you know, when there's... The whole stage is is pretty loud, you know, if that amp is, is turned up. You may not, you know, you just may not need that much And letting your sound person know... Hey, I'm good. You know, uh, you know, maybe the last guy they did a sound mix for was like half deaf or something like that. He's like more bass, more bass. And right. You know, it all depends on who they're used to dealing with. And totally. Yeah. You have to work around that.
1: And I think with any of this, it's just like in, in that situation and we've, we've talked about this before, but it's just stay calm, stay cool. Like you're the, you know, you're the performer, keep, keep your game face going And you know that there is a solution, yeah, right? Like, cause there's, there's always some type of, you know, sound engineering that can fix this. And maybe you're not the best at it. Cause I know I'm not the best at it, but there are things that you can do just to tweak things a little bit at a time while you're on stage without making a big deal about it. And maybe by the second or third song you're rocking and rolling. Yeah. And you find that place where you're like, all right, cool, good enough. I can hear myself through the mix. Now I'm just going to have a good time and relax. The tough part is over. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, that's a good feeling when you get there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, from my perspective, I I tend to, I would say I tend to probably go under volume Mm -hmm. on stage. Maybe, I don't know, I probably more than the average bass player. Like, I don't usually like to just you know, crank it to a crazy right. amount. I usually, yeah. like, there's a level where I'm like, this is as loud as this amp really needs to be right now. Like, if right. I'm turning this up past, like, 12 o'clock, that's just insane. It, it's a lot. Yeah, so, yeah. like, you know, I'll keep it down at a, re- at a reasonable volume, and I'll use that monitor. Like, I'll ask the sound guy to give me a little... Base in there yeah knowing that oh you know this is just a little it might just be like a 12 inch wedge or something like that yep. and it's not going to ever give me you know what you know a couple 15s or you know an 8 by 10 or whatever behind me is going to but all i need again is that definition that's what like, you're getting i'll feel you know i'll feel the amp behind me in my in my gut and yeah. then i just need to be able to hear the the note in my ear that's a right. little bit that's right so you know it's finding that, that sweet spot. Right. But like you're saying, you know, not overpowering it because really, you know, the whole point of having the monitors, you, know, you want to hear yourself sing, you want to hear other instruments that you need to cue off of. Right. Right. So putting yourself first sometimes like makes you come in last.
1: If right. Makes sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, I like, like that. You, Yeah.
0: your heart's in the right place, but you know, really what you needed to do was just kind of back off a little bit yeah yeah so definitely well so yeah i I would be really interested in hearing what our listeners have to say about this topic about how they deal with their sound and their mix on stage it's going to be very individual right dave and i have our own individual opinions about how each of us likes to experience our mix on stage but you guys probably all have your own perspective and we'd really like to hear from you Uh, One way you could get in touch and let us know is, you know, go visit our Facebook group, uh, which is called, amazingly, Practical Base. (laughs) Just look us up and, and, uh, yeah, become part of the Practical Base community. We'd like to hear from you guys. and interact with you. So uh, we look forward to that. If you'd like to email us, you can do that as well. Just email podcast at practicalbase.com. You can visit our website, uh, practicalbase.com. You can use the contact form there if you like. You can also find us on other socials as well. We're on Google Plus. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Uh, we would love to hear from you guys anywhere that uh, uh, that you are. That's where we like to be. And, uh, yeah, you'll also find on our website information about subscribing to this podcast. It turns out it's really easy. If you've got an iPhone, just go to your Podcasts app. If you have an Android phone or tablet or whatever, go to the Google Play Music app. Uh, You can use Stitcher Radio on any platform or iTunes on your macOS system. And just look for Practical Base. Do a search, click the search tool, or touch the search tool and look for Practical Base. And when our Black and White Practical Bass logo comes up, just hit the subscribe button. And you're going to get a fresh episode of Practical Bass delivered directly to you every week. You don't have to do anything. It just shows up. It's absolutely free. And, uh, yeah, we hope that uh, you will tune in and subscribe and also share this with friends, fellow bass players, but also musicians of all kinds. You know, we're, we're definitely open and, and welcome for, uh, for any musicians that uh, that like practical advice uh, or even getting the point of view uh, of a working bassist. So until next time, I'm Paul Frields and I'm Dave Guzman. This has been Practical Bass.
1: Thanks for listening. And then we saw right after that same the same joint, Nine Inch Nails. No. Yep. Yeah, yeah. in like, you know, their the, what was the album, that, that huge the, album, the, like the second album that they oh, put out. Oh, the that Downward like Spiral. Downward Spiral. Yeah. I was afraid
0: to go see any of their shows, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, you're the kind of guy, like, you probably could get knifed at one of the shows pretty easily. Like, you right. wouldn't even have to say anything, just like, yeah. walk in and somebody right. would like you, <laughs> they would like the look of you, and they just like, that's
1: it. <laughs>
0: that's how blood. it happens. Yep. <laughs>
1: Full of blood. You, yeah. Am I a balloon or something like <laughs> I just fly around the room. I shouldn't have gone to this concert. <laughs> I just really like music. <laughs> Tell my mom I love her. <laughs>